From True Africa, I'm Claude Renitsky, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking basketball. It will allow talented players from Africa to have a platform to showcase their talent. I know as a scout, you know, we're always looking for the next talent for the NBA. There's hope that at one point there will be a women's BAL. Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. The Basketball Africa League, a.k.a. Ball, is the continent's premier men's basketball competition. It was founded in 2019. Ball's aim is to become the NBA for Africa, to be as popular as the NBA in the U.S., but with African fans. It also wants to be as successful discovering and nurturing new talent. But how is that going to happen? How can we raise the next generation of Giannis, Dangs, and Ibakas? First up is Amadou Fall, president of The Ball. He's been tasked with launching Ball, organizing games in Dakar, Cairo, and Kigali, as well as managing the tricky situation during COVID. We spoke about what he sees as success and if he can stop the NBA from poaching his players. Here's our conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about what you actually do? Well, um, just priority and uh, goal, overarching goal, is to build the Basketball Africa League into one of the best professional basketball leagues in the world in years to come. So the good news is we are building off of a foundation uh, of many decades uh, of work throughout the African continent uh, to just help grow the game of basketball and use the transformative power of the game to empower young people. It will allow talented players from Africa to have a platform to showcase their talent, monetize their talent, and create a sports and entertainment product on the continent that fans of all ages can enjoy, and that could be available for broadcast teams around the world. Um, and, you know, continue to really shine a light on the opportunity we have in Africa to build a very robust sports business industry. How do you actually define success at this early stage? I think it's really through the engagement and, and the feedback that we are getting. Uh, you know, these games and all our games from the get-go from last year, being broadcasted in 215 countries uh, around the world in 15 languages. And the fact that also the quality of the product on the court, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, basketball league. We want to make sure that we have, you know, elite talent on the court that could generate competitive games. Um, and I think we've, we've, we've done that. And also, and, and coming into the second season, to see the, the improvement even, you know, uh, from 
going from a single market, single site in Kigali due to the bubble in the first season, to now expanding the footprint and going into three countries, playing in Senegal, in Egypt, and in Kigali. Obviously, success long-term is the league has to be sustainable. You know, uh, from an economic standpoint, you know, we are building towards, uh, you know, profitability at some point, but right now we are in a, an investment phase and because we are committed and believe in the product, so we are making the investments we need. But a sign of early success is also the roster of world-class uh, partners that we were, we were fortunate to uh, attract, the likes of Nike and Brand Jordan, uh, Wilson. Being able to attract also top talent from Africa and around the world is another sign, you know, and especially also talent on the court. We're talking about the players, but also from a coaching standpoint. We have world-class coaches wanting to coach in our league. That's going to help us to develop local coaching expertise uh, in Africa that ultimately is going to be what sustains the league. Do you think some of those talented players will stay on the continent and play on the continent? They are right now uh, here, and, and some will some will go to you know the best league in the world, the best professional uh, basketball league and sport league in the world, the NBA. But you know, the, the, for us, we can't compete with the NBA. You know, so if somebody is good enough to go to the NBA, we welcome that opportunity. But we want to make sure that we are the first choice for these players outside of the NBA. My second guest is Flo Larkay, who was a coach and scout with the South Sudanese national team under Luol Deng. He's British Ghanaian and has played in the USA, UK, and Japan. So Flo, can you tell us about how you got started? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I got an early, well, not early start, Started about 15 years old in London, um, playing for the Brixton Top Cats. A lot of notable players have come out of there. Um, biggest name is Laura Day, I'm sure you guys know. Yes. Um, then I went to the States when I was 18. On a, I went for a high school scholarship and earned a Division One scholarship to LaSalle University. And I was there, then I transferred to Division Two. Then I played for Great Britain uh, back in 2008 and also in 2013. Played a total of 11 years pro, and now I coach and scout basketball. I wanted to ask you what it's like being one of the assistant coaches for the team of South Sudan. It'd be really interesting for us to hear that from your perspective. It's an honor. Um, it's a privilege to be one of the assistants for South Sudan. Um, one of my very close friends, we, come, we grew up together pretty much, we've known him for over 25 years, Luol Deng, who's the um, the president of the of Basketball Association there. He called me directly, said he was taking over the head coaching job. And since we had you know, such a great relationship, and I've done a lot with um, his South Sudanese camps in the States and in England already, he asked, you know, would I be one of his assistants? So I said, for sure. Uh, this was back in twenty end of 2020, you know, and with the rest of the other coaches and a group of dedicated players, like we've really been trying to just make our mark 
on the continent. In your opinion, what needs to happen for the Basketball Africa League to be a success? Oh, they're, they're on the right path right now. So with the implementation of the, the BAL Elevate, where they're including um, the young players at the NBA Academy, that's going to be the biggest thing. So I know as a scout, you know, we're always looking for the next talent for the NBA. And right now, the, the BAL, a lot of the, the guys are a bit older. They may not be under consideration for NBA or G League talent, but these younger guys, these NBA Academy guys, or these guys who are not NBA Academy but are as talented and don't have the opportunity to go to the States, if they're included in some of these BAL teams over the next few years, it's going to be hold a big spotlight and almost be like a, a stepping stone, kind of how the G League is for the NBA. It could be BAL to the NBA or somewhere else around the globe. Yeah, people talk about that and they compare with the G League. Yeah. But I'm wondering, as a scout, yeah. uh, what are you seeing as you know some of the major obstacles to identifying these extraordinary talents that everyone's looking for? The major ones are obviously to find them early enough. And one of the biggest things that we need to develop on the continent, it's not players, but we have the resources for the players. It's if we develop our coaching more. So I believe that if there's more involvement from outside sources, you know, there's a lot of players that have played professionally that can always give back. If we start developing how we coach the game, then I think that these players who find the game at 12 or 15 or even 17, it may not be too late for them. So I believe it's development of the coaching, getting the guys good coaching, the coaching concept, not just how to shoot, not just how to dribble, but how to think the game. Because you know, as an African, I know I've gone through it even though I had some top-level coaching, there's a stigma with African players that they're just athletically gifted, physical specimens, but we don't have the, the IQ as guys who are trained in somewhere in Europe or somewhere in the States. So if we can bring that level of coaching to the continent, get those young players the IQ that they need to really compete on an international scale, then that's going to be the best thing for the whole continent. Our third guest is Usher Komugisha, a Ugandan sports journalist. She's covered every sporting competition out there. She commented the opening game of Bao season one and hosted the medal ceremony after the final. Our journalist Esther Apiafe spoke to Usher. To kickstart our conversation, how great do you think the Basketball Africa League will be after two successful seasons? To answer your question, I feel that the future is bright for the BAL. Two seasons in already, we can see there's already an improvement in the quality of play. And also, you have to remember that season one started in Kigali inside the bubble because we were literally in the middle of a pandemic. Season two, we started to see the caravan, which was the original idea of the BAL, played in Dakar, the Sahara Conference. Then it moved to Egypt in Cairo with the Nile Conference. Do you think the BAL has the potential to unearth the next Giannis? So the thing about the Basketball Africa League, obviously, it's a movement. We know for sure that uh, NBA Africa has been continent for over a decade trying to change lives, hosting programs like Basketball Without Borders, which is where, for example, Pascal Siakam came from. He's, he's a graduate, he's an alumni of Basketball Without Borders. Just a few weeks ago, Basketball Without Borders, as they call it, BWB, happened in Cairo. And you have each country on the continent sending their best 
teenage player, normally 16, 17, 18. And these players spend a lot of time with coaches. And this time you had top coaches, obviously, from the NBA, including Steve Kerr. And that's the coach, obviously, of the Golden State Warriors. So you can imagine if you're a 17-year-old spending time with the best coach right now in the NBA. It just goes to show you that, uh, you know, that is life-changing in itself. Looking at how majestic the Kigali Arena in Rwanda is, do you think the BAL will build any basketball court on the continent or do you believe that is the work of governmental agencies? Well, to be honest, the BAL shouldn't build arenas. It's the work of governments governments need to be part of the conversation. When you look at the story of the Kigali Arena, His Excellency Paul Kagame, the president of Rwanda, is very good friends with Masai Ujiri. And he invited him, you know, to Toronto to watch like a couple of games for the Toronto Raptors. And when he was there, he got into conversation and said, how can we build an arena like this in Kigali? So they got into that conversation and in six months, the Kigali arena was ready. Do you think there will ever be a women's version of the BAL to include more girls? It's very unfortunate that women in most cases are treated as second cousins and not really as part of the main family. If I may say, for example, the last time we had a FIBA Africa Women's Champions Cup was in 2019. That's before the pandemic. And when I say FIBA Africa Women's Champions Cup, for the men's version, that is what is now the BAL. We haven't had that, you know, uh, 2020, nothing. 2021, nothing. This year, I've heard a couple of rumors that the tournament may happen. But why should women go through things like that? Why should they have to get the short end of the stick? But for the BAL, I think there's hope. There's hope that at one point there will be a women's BAL. I think that the BAL right now is trying to make sure that uh, they have a brand going. All I can say is that we should be positive so that things will change and be part of the change, actually. We have to do our part and show that, that it's possible. Thank you to Amadou, Flo, and Usher for their insights. We've got the players, we've got the fans, and we're starting to build the infrastructure. Ball's potential in Africa is limitless, and they're just getting started. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag Limitless Africa. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Granitsky. The Limitless podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Scene Fire Foundation.